A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. These are the words of the letter of the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. You may remain seated for the psalm. We're going to do this a cappella also. It looks very hard on the page. Um, this is plain song chant. Um, as you see the, the music written out there, you notice under the line some accent marks. Um, there are two measures. The uh, first measure is everything up to the asterisk. The second measure is everything beyond the asterisk. Um, in the text, you'll see the accents over certain syllables. Um, those accents line up with the accents above the line. Again, I'll sing through the first two lines so that you get the, the sense of it, uh, the first two verses, and then we'll go back. The italic, be joyful. Those first two notes in the first measure, we only sing on the first verse, and then after that we come in on that um, B-flat that's, that's a bar. So it goes, Be joyful in God, all you lands. Sing the glory of his name. Sing the glory of his praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great strength, your enemies cringe before you. And please join me now. Be joyful in God, all you lands. Sing the glory of his name. Sing the glory of his praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great strength, your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down before you, sings to you, sings out your name. Come now and see the works of God, how wonderful he is in his doing toward all people. He turned the sea into dry land, so that they went through the water on foot, and there we rejoiced in him. His might rules forever, his eyes keep watch over the nations, let no rebel rise up against him. Bless our God, you peoples. Make the voice of his praise to be heard. Who holds our souls in life? 
and will not allow our feet to slip. For you, O God, have proved us. You have tried us just as silver is tried. You brought us into the snare. You laid heavy burdens upon our backs. You let our enemies ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us out into a place of refreshment. Very nice. A reading from Paul's second letter to Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. The saying is sure. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. This is a very quirky little story in Luke's Gospel. Um, there's a number of features that make it seem like it must have existed independently before Luke got a hold of it. Um, Part of it's the geography. We've known uh, right along that Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem. He starts out in Galilee, and he's heading for Jerusalem. And the geography of the region is that if he were still going to Jerusalem, he'd have had to turn north instead of south to get to the region between Galilee and Samaria. So it doesn't fit with Luke's overall um, geography. He sort of sticks it in at this point um, because he wants, to, wants us to hear it. It's also interesting, we're told ten lepers, 
Um, None of the other Gospels have a story of ten people being healed at once. Ten lepers meet him at the edge of the village and cry out, Jesus, Master, and the word that they use for Master is another unusual word, um, have mercy on us. They address Jesus the way they would address a king. That's what you say when you enter a king's presence, have mercy on us. Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Um, Leprosy back then was a lot more than what we call leprosy. We call leprosy a particular disease called Hansen's disease. Um, They called any skin disease leprosy. So it could be eczema. Um, Every winter I get bad eczema on my leg um, because the, the atmosphere dries out. That would have been considered leprosy, that big spot of of, you know, bumps on my leg. And so you had to go to the priest, and if it didn't grow in seven days, the priest would look at it and then look at it again seven days later, and if it didn't grow in seven days, then you were okay. It was clean. It was not contagious. And the priest would declare you clean. You offered a little sacrifice, and you could come back into the community of the ceremonial, ceremonially clean. If it grew, well, that's a problem. So he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. They're going to do exactly what they're supposed to do. And on the way, their skin disease goes away. So they're thinking, great, we get to the priest, no skin disease. The priest says, welcome back into community. All is wonderful. Puzzling. There's one Samaritan. We're told elsewhere in the Gospels that Jews and Samaritans have nothing to do with each other. They won't eat out of the same pots. They won't drink out of the same cups. They have nothing to do with one another. So what are these nine Jews and one Samaritan doing together? Evidently, leprosy overcomes that division. People come into communities sometimes when they have no other choice. I have nowhere else to belong. So these ten lepers had come together because of their leprosy, overcoming their divisions based on Jew-Samaritan. They start out for the temple, and here comes a problem. The Samaritan recognizes as he turns to go, he will not be allowed into the temple. Between the court of the Gentiles and the court of Israel, which is where you had to get to to see the priests, there was a balustrade, And over that was an inscription that said, No foreigner allowed here on pain of death. And the word used for foreigner is exactly the word that Luke uses in his story. No other born is allowed here on pain of death. So he can't get to the priests to show himself made clean. So he turns back to Jesus, giving thanks to God. He's going to join Jesus' community. They all can go back and be made clean, be declared clean, go back to their hometowns, join in their, their villages, you know, do everything that they need to do. Not him. He can't get to the temple. We often come into community at exactly our most vulnerable moment. We often encounter God exactly at our most vulnerable You've heard me tell the story, I'm sure, so often that you're sick of it. But that second night that I was in Sudan, waking up, realizing I'm stuck here. I can't get out. There was someone at the hospital, somebody had died at the hospital, and the woman began wailing. Um, We don't ululate the way Africans do when somebody dies. It was 
the hairs on my arm stood up when I heard her wailing. And I'm thinking, I'm stuck. I can't get out. My credit card won't buy me a plane ticket. I can't get out till that airplane comes back. So I got up the next morning, and the Sudanese always ask, first question, how'd you sleep? I said, I didn't. Panic, panic, panic. Um, and began to talk to people. And they began to say, welcome to Sudan. You're here. You've, you've had your first panic attack. We all know what that's like, all of the, the people from America who were there. We'll take care of you. It will be okay. I was the chaplain of the trip. I was supposed to be taking care of them. We'll take care of you. That night, after the day I, during the day, I heard many of the Sudanese tell stories of what they had been through during the war, the Antonov airplanes coming over the hospital and them running for the caves to hide from the bombs, um, all of that kind of stuff. And that night at Compline, we said Psalm 91. Um, Psalm 91 saved my life. Um, in there, there's the line, You shall not be afraid of any terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. He will hide you under the shadow of your wing. And just on and on and on. And I realized if God took care of them, I'm just worried that my credit card won't get me out of here. God will certainly take care of me. And I slept that night. I had to rely on community when I was at my most cut off, at my most vulnerable. Where are you at your most vulnerable? Where is it that you feel cut off? If you're out of a job, that's probably pretty close to feeling about as cut off as you can get. Where are you isolated from the things that identify you? Black people who live in this culture and get pulled over by a cop for driving while black describe that as being cut off from what's important. Where are you at your most vulnerable? Who are the people you don't like and you have to put up with? And you think, how can I get out of this? This is your vulnerable spot. And God will take that, if you allow God, and turn it into precisely that moment where you recognize God. This Samaritan, who had nowhere else to go, looks at his skin and says, Wow. That's got to be God. And turns back to Jesus, praising God with a loud voice, and says, Let me join you. I have nowhere else to go. This foreigner, despised by Jesus' disciples, ends up being the person who identifies for them where God is at work. Where are we at our most vulnerable? Where is it that we most need to see God at work? God will take that if we offer it and allow us to see God at work in very startling ways. Think about your most vulnerable. Think about the person who you most need to see as showing you where God is at work in the world. Amen.